When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you can recall on Monday, Chris, I had one word to describe these 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. after they lost to the Cardinals. Do you remember what that word was? I do. What was that word? Untrustworthy. Okay. I went on a really long rant, and then you said cooler heads are going to prevail here. And you gave me the, the level-headed. You brought me down a little bit. Got level. And then Thursday night football happened. And guess what? I'm not going to yell today. I'm not going to rant today. (laughs) I'm just going to sit here and say, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Good afternoon, everybody. Therapy Monday for all. 3 (laughs) p.m. Southside Beat. DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube. He's Chris Alec. I'm Corey Christen. Let's go. Steelers 18, Patriots 21. Let's do it, Chris. We said it was going to be sloppy and ugly. We didn't think the over would hit at halftime, I could tell you that. But what we can say... <laughs> Almost midway through the second quarter. <laughs> but what we can say right now... Yeah, Friday, not Monday. Whatever day it is. Therapy Monday on a Friday. But what we can say... Just when you thought rock bottom hit, here's the new low. This is what this team is. This is what the Steelers are under Mike Tomlin right now. And you see it from the headline and you've seen it. I'm sure nationally is talking about it. Mm. Locally is talking about it. Put Mike Tomlin on the hot seat in some fashion. It's time to start doing it. DK wrote the column. I vehemently agree with it. It's time to start the conversation. Um, this is where I come from because I think everybody, you know, who watches this show regularly knows where I stand with Mike Tomlin as a coach. Uh, you know, I think he gets too much criticism, you know, from fans for the most part, you know, the head coach is an easy target for when things aren't going well. That being said, Logan kind of puts, uh, puts it into perspective here. Yeah, go ahead. Is it safe to say Tomlin has lost his locker room? I don't know if it's safe to say that yet. But the thing that sticks out to me about this stretch of five days of losing, being the first team in NFL history to be over 500 and to lose to -to back-to-back games to teams that were eight games or worse under 500. To play those games, it's not even just the fact that they lost them. It was the manner in which they lost them. Sloppy. No details. No attention to detail. Um, No urgency. No fire. You know, it happens in one game. Sure. Okay. Trap game. Call. You put whatever, whatever label you want to on it. When it happens in the next game, that's that's where. I'm watching the game last night. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't, I don't think he, I, he does not have control of his team like he normally does. 
I don't know if he's completely lost his locker room, but that was an embarrassment in terms of effort. They quit. And, and, they and quit. It's not. It's not even just that. It's. 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 And, and effort isn't just trying hard. Effort goes into a lot of things. It goes into playing with urgency. It goes into attention to detail. It goes into body language. There's a lot of different things. And George Pickens pretty much pouting all game long. You know, like whether it be on the field or on the sideline. That that stuff usually kind of ticks me off, and honestly, I, I think there's a bit of a double standard here. I think if Deontay's doing that, he's public enemy number one right now. Yep. Um. Yep. But if either way, criticize Deontay, criticize George, absolutely. But but either way, what I'm saying is, is that I honestly don't really blame him too much. That was an embarrassment last. Did you night. see the route tree? Yeah, oh, it's well, malpractice. To be it's fair, that practice. that is that is like on targets. That's not every single route he ran, still. but it's still it's still it's still bad. Five catches for nineteen yards. What is that? Yeah, that's no. malpractice. Yeah, I've got I've got that. I've got uh, a chalk talk piece coming. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when it's going to drop, but I've got it coming. Uh, it's going to be on uh, on another detail of the offense of why. This offense, regardless of who is the coordinator, who is doing all this stuff, why it's why the ceiling is down here and not all the way up here. And it's you know, and a lack of hot routes is one of them. The fact that you go into a fourth and two play without any kind of plan for a potential blitz, which the Patriots did. Um, you got to have something where you have a better play call than that. And, and Tomlin is over all of that. If t- and Tomlin like s- sat behind that podium last night when DK asked about the fourth and two call, said, "Yeah, that's the play. We wanted to be aggressive." That, what a horrible, that, horrible time to choose to be aggressive. Well, and th- see, that's the thing is that okay, yeah, be aggressive, but like you need two yards, or or your or the game's over. Like yeah. you're, I mean, that's yeah. a low. That's that's about that's the lowest percentage throw you could possibly call at that time and the fact that Tomlin okayed that on top of everything else that I'm talking about lack of effort no urgency no fire against two two win teams that to me is like the first the the, the beginning of like okay I think it is now more than fair to have the conversation of is it seriously time to move on from Mike Tomlin Here's what I think it's time to do. Plan the exit strategy. It's so fitting to me that this new level of low for this franchise, and this isn't Bubby Brister years, but let's not get nuts, okay? Like, this level has been achieved at the hands of Bill Belichick, who has historically owned Tomlin. Mm -hmm. How fitting is it? And look at Bill Belichick's situation. It's not being really talked about or there's really no concrete information out there of how it's going to happen, but it's pretty foregone that by now the writing's on the wall for Belichick in New England, right? Mm-hmm. It, his time's done, right? Andy Reid, when he was in Philadelphia, his time was done. It feels like this is the start of that. The writing is being written onto that wall for Mike Tomlin. Mm -hmm. In terms of the dated thinking, the dated philosophies, 
the the archaic ways of approaching roster building and construction and how the personnel and the coaching staff handles it and the number of coaches to have to make that a point. Yeah. This way of thinking, I've said it before, does not work. The proof has been there in every season since 2017. They haven't won a playoff game since January of 2017 at the end of the 2016 season. They have been mediocre, 500-type ball club, even despite the phantom 11-0 start. And then they completely crapped the bed for the rest of the season and then the postseason. Mm-hmm. Everything since that last playoff win in 2016 against the ghost of Alex Smith in Kansas City, pre-Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, everything's been mediocre. The standard is the standard, right? The standard's 9-8. and eight. It's a great feat. Don't I don't want to underscore this. It's a great feat that Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. That is, for as long as he's done this, incredibly hard to do. Don't want to take that away from him. I don't want to take a Super Bowl championship away from him and another appearance away from him. I'm not doing it. But what I will say is this. Father time never loses. Father time never loses. Father time has caught up to Mike Tomlin. I I think... It's just it's it's interesting because you know when you look at some other long long tenured coaches, you know I, I'm looking at guys like you know or guys you know guys who have coached for a long time doesn't necessarily have to be with one team. Obviously, Bill Belichick's in in that conversation. John Harbaugh, Andy Reid, you know these guys have been in the league for a long time. Um, you know John Harbaugh has had a lot of success with the Ravens. You know won a Super Bowl. Obviously, that was you know a little while ago. They're in contention for the division just about every year, just like the Steelers usually are. Um, not so much in the past couple seasons, but um, the thing that I'm I'm beginning to really, really see from Mike Tomlin, uh, other than the the displays on the field the past two weeks, is also, as you mentioned, refusal to change, refusal to 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 try to evolve. Um, there's there's a, a way of doing things, whether that's the Steelers' way, whether that's the Tomlin way, whether those are one and the same, or they are uh, two things that go hand in hand together. Um, there's got to be there's there has to be change this off season, regardless of how this season plays out. They could win the final four games of the year. I'm obviously I have no faith that they will do that. I'm just saying hypothetically. I have no faith they win more than no, one. If no, that, I'm just saying like yeah. I'm just saying hypothetically, hypothetically, even if they win out and make the make it to the playoffs and get bounced in the first round, and you could be like, oh well, they made it to the playoffs again at least, you know, blah blah blah. There has to be change. You cannot look at the body of work over 13 games. And think we're almost there. No, you're not even close. Uh, there's a lot of things missing here. Um, well, actually, no, there's not. There's only a few things missing. They're just really, really big things. Um, an offensive coordinator that understands concepts that work in today's NFL. What that's concept? A, what that's an a, idea? That's a big thing. Brilliant. Whenever, whenever you feel like. 
uh, jet sweeps are the, are, you know, the, the modern technology in the NFL, uh, you know, you have to go back at least another decade, uh, to see that. I'm that, that crap's ran in high school. I mean, come on. Um, it's just that, and that's really the only thing, because we know that Tomlin's not going to get fired. And I think the only way that Art Rooney II is even possibly considering the end of Tomlin's tenure is the fact that his contract is up at the end of next season. Yeah. And that the only way that he's really thinking about that is not having extension conversations with him this offseason and being and using that as motivation to being like, fix this now. Um, and part of me is curious about that because Mike Tomlin did pull the trigger on firing Matt Canada. Steelers haven't fired a coach in the middle of a season since 1941. So that's a, br- a, a, a break of precedence. Yep. So maybe just maybe Mike Tomlin will consider going through a well-vetted interview process to get a capable coordinator in here. Um, and I would even, I said it last night in the live file. I'm good with keeping Eddie Faulkner as running backs coach, not as an interim OC, obviously, but as running backs coach, he's good. I like Alfredo Roberts as tight ends coach. Everybody else can go Yeah, on the offensive side. Everybody yeah. else can go. Frisman Jackson, Pat Meyer, Mike Sullivan, they can all go. Brian, I'm going to – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm going to serve a little bit of, of a piece of pie here. It's not humble pie, but it's some kind of pie that's going to be really hard to swallow here, Okay. The Steelers have been the anomaly over the last 25 years in the NFL. 20 years, maybe even, dating at least to Roethlisberger. So call it 19, I guess. And that is sustainability as afforded by quarterback head coach. Okay? I I don't want to undermine accomplishments, okay, from the Ben years, the, the Cower years, and the Tomlin years. But let me put it to you this way. What the Steelers did, in such a long run doesn't happen often in sports, let alone the NFL. I don't, and I'm not going to say, maybe I will say it. You want to talk fat, sassy, and spoiled? The definition of spoiled is what the Steelers are, what they Mm -hmm. give to their fan base. This kind of thing doesn't happen where they're contending for Super Bowls every single season. Yeah. on a consistent basis, where they have a quarterback that is there for almost 20 years, where they have a head coach. They've had three head coaches in the franchise's history dating to Chuck Knoll. Mm-hmm. This does not happen in sports. The Steelers are the anomaly. This is getting down back to reality, and I understand the standard is the standard. As Carl points out here, but let me tell you this. As, as I said a little bit earlier, Mike Tomlin's standard versus the standard held to himself by the fans are not the same thing anymore. The standard that Mike Tomlin holds his team, and that's a very emphasized point I want to make, his team, his quarterback, his running back, his wide receivers, his defense, his players, he handpicks for those roles and his system. They're not upholding the fan standard. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin's standard is preached at will in that building. 
The standard is the standard. They have a standard they want to live up to. They know that that standard is not being met. But I'm afraid that this is what the new standard has become. Yeah, it's uh, the the problem is, I think I, I think it, it's a difficult it's a it is a difficult balance because the last thing you fans should want the Steelers to do is become a uh, is become an organization that flaps in the wind and that makes changes the moment things get look look terrible. To interrupt, do you know how many yeah. organizations do this? Many. Do this. I understand that. That but, I, I, that's the point I wanted to drive home. Right. How lucky the Steelers have been with regards to that. Please. But, sorry. But no. But but your your point your point does bring up a really really big piece of why the Steelers are where they are. And believe it or not, it's actually not all on Mike Tomlin. Now, I agree with that. Again, again, I will say this. I will say, and I will concede that I think is at least time to have a legitimate conversation about. Is the Tomlin tenure coming to an end sooner rather than later? I do think that that is warranted now. I don't think that he is not only above criticism, but his his seat should be getting a little warm for at least at bare minimum. However, and again, this is not excuse making. This is just reality here. A big reason why Mike Tomlin has had the success he's had during his tenure as Steelers head coach, like you said, is because of Ben Roethlisberger. Having a franchise quarterback, boom. having a future Hall of Famer as your quarterback is a big fixer-upper for a lot of teams. You can't overlook that at all. No. And, and, and no matter what you think Kenny Pickett can possibly be, the fact of the matter is, and the fact that people even tried to argue this earlier in the season, that Kenny Pickett and rookie Ben Roethlisberger were somehow on the same page is ridiculous. But anyway, that Kenny Pickett right now is nowhere near the quarterback that Ben Roethlisberger was, even whenever he was near the end of his career. And if you want the, if you want a reason why at least Ben was able to carry that team a little bit to the playoffs, just to get shellacked in the first round by the, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, but here's a take for you. Ben retired two seasons too late. Two seasons, yeah. not one, two. I'd say 2019 was should have been his last. When the arm went, he was done. And 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 that set things back. That's that's also a point to this. I and another point to this is, is Art Rooney that I think is is a point that at some point needs to be addressed in the in the power that Art Rooney allocates to that building, and how things are parsed and how things operate underneath him. I think that's another point, but we're talking about Ben, obviously. I think Ben retired two seasons too late. Yeah. Uh, Steeler, Steeler says Kenny Pickett wasn't in. No, no, Kenny Pickett wasn't in this game. This is not This is not just a reaction to this game. This is a reaction to what Kenny Pickett is as a quarterback right now. Do you know why I'm I'm giving I I'm not giving Mitch Trubisky a pass. He was terrible last night. I'm not I'm not not skirting that whatsoever. But do you know why I almost want to say nothing about Mitch Trubisky? Because it doesn't matter. There's no, no future with Mitch Trubisky. It doesn't matter. The dude no. sucks. We know that. He's bad. We know that. The reason why there's so much scrutiny around Kenny Pickett is because there is at least hope there that he can, that there is a future with him. Hence, 
the Steelers used a first round pick to, to acquire him, to get him. That is why there's so much scrutiny with Kenny Pickett. It's not because, oh, you're a Kenny Pickett hater if, you, if you're if you're you know talking about how bad his play is. No, it's not that at all. It's listen, these are the problems that he has. You need him to become this guy up here, and he's still way down here, and his development has been terrible. Now, I still want to see what Kenny Pickett does with a legitimate offensive coordinator. I do. I'm not pulling the plug on Kenny Pickett. What I'm saying is, is that the Steelers do not have the quarterback play with Kenny Pickett, with Mitch Trubisky, with Mason Rudolph, with Trace McSorley. They don't have the quarterback play to elevate everything else that's wrong with this team whenever Ben, even whenever he was a shade of himself in 2020 and 2021, that he was able to do to elevate the team. And why is that? Why? Because the requisite coaching, the requisite coordinator are not there to usher Kenny Pickett's development. We said it at the end of last year. It was never second-guessed once that Matt Canada should have been gone after last year for the betterment of Kenny Pickett. That's a whole other thing that we have discussed ad nauseum by this stage. Mike Tomlin does not have the requisite offensive personnel to benefit his quarterback. That is a problem. Look when Ben was here, okay, at all the offensive coordinators he went through. But look at the names that are around him, okay? Namely Bruce Arians, of course. And you could go down the list if you want. But at least Ben had the requisite coaching, the requisite offense, the requisite personnel to develop and become that kind of caliber player. I'm not going to say Kenny Pickett's ever going to get to Ben's level. I will never say that until it actually happens. But you have to at least, at least, put the right people in the right places for the betterment of the football team, for the betterment of the player. Mm. And that development was hindered the second they decided to retain Matt Canada for this season. That's a whole other topic of discussion. And I don't want to get too far from it, and I'm afraid if I keep going, I'm going to. I fell asleep at 7 o'clock in the morning today. I am tired, okay? (laughs) I am tired. I'll put it that way. So if I have the shark eyes, as somebody mentioned in the live chat, that's why I am. I am. There's a all of it today. There's if you a, saw the clip that I tweeted <laughs> before the show. That's how I feel today. Yeah. Hallelujah. Holy bleep. Where's the Tylenol? Shout out to Chevy Chase and Christmas vacation. That's there, how I feel today. There's a really good point here by Matt. Uh, saying Tomlin's never really developed a quarterback from start to finish. This kind of goes into the whole Ben retired too late thing. I don't know if it's if it's that Ben retired too late is they didn't have a plan for life after Ben Roethlisberger. Their plan, their plan. Yeah. Their plan was um, draft Mason Rudolph. Their plan was draft Josh Dobbs. And no, I'm not doing this in order. Landry Jones. Yeah. Their plan. Yes. Yeah. What the hell? There's no, I'm a Chris Oladokun. I mean, like, like it's just, there, there are, there was, well, Chris Oladokun was the draft after. uh, He was the draft with Kenny. Yeah, so that 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 name doesn't apply. I'm just going through all the quarterbacks not named Kenny Pickett that they've drafted in the last several years. Um, but either way, they did not have a plan for life after Ben Roethlisberger. And you know, the one you you look at another organization in the NFL that is kind of the same. You know, in terms of like in terms of the way that they operate, the way that they do things. New England. Green, no, I'm just saying Green Bay Packers. Well, and New England. 
Well, Same thing. Saying, but Green Bay Packers, they had a plan for life I after agree. Brett Favre. Okay, they fair. had a plan for life after Aaron Rodgers. And now Jordan Love, all of a sudden, looks okay. He's I mean, he he's okay. he's progressing. He's progressing, yeah. and this is his first real season, you know, playing. Like well, obviously, he when you have Matt Lafleur guiding you, that helps. Offensive Imagine line coach that. that that helps. Now, and granted, the Green Bay Packers have typically been more of an offensive team over time than while the Steelers have been typically a defensive team. So it makes sense that the Packers pay a little bit more attention to, you know, the quarterback position because, Hey, you know, Brett Favre is getting up there in age, but he's still got a few years left. Well, you know what? We have an opportunity to take this, this, this kid named Aaron Rodgers that we think could be a legitimate starter for us. Sorry, Brett. We'll, we'll, we'll draft him, have him learn behind you a little bit. Why not? I, yeah. I, I and look how that works. Got them a Super Bowl. And yeah, Love um, does look better than Pickett. Steelers freak, you're absolutely right. Yes, he does. As of right, right now, Jordan Love looks like a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett. Now you can talk about the head coach. You can talk about the offensive coordinator. You can talk about all the uh, talk about that all you want. But the fact of the matter is, is that that that's just stuff that can, that's going to be used as a scapegoat for Kenny. And you know, at the end of the day, a player's got to make plays. Um, now there is a level that Kenny can only hit in this offense. And part of it is like, like I talked about, you know, the lack of hot routes, that's not uncommon for teams with young, uh, young quarterbacks, young quarterbacks are already trying to figure out how to read defenses in the NFL, trying to throw something as complicated as hot routes and everything like that. On top of it, it's our, you're, you're then you're kind of over stimulating them and they won't be able to learn at, at a, at a good rate. Quarterbacks yeah. like Ben could do that because he's seen every freaking defense possible. <laughs> yeah, when you play forever, that's yeah. what happens. Yeah, he can look at a certain defense and know blitz is coming from there. Deontay run this or Pat run this. Yeah, that's that that's that's secondhand nature to him, or it's just a secondhand nature. It's second Michael Scottism for you. That's second <laughs> nature to him. Um, you know, but that's not for 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 Kenny Pickett or a lot of other young quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett is not not. It's not a knock on him. It's just. Young quarterbacks. All right. They're seven and six. Four to play. They are at Indianapolis. They host the Bengals. They're at, at the Seahawks. They're at the Ravens. Who I don't know where to go from here. I, I genuinely have no clue where to start with this team. Like, Rhetorically, we've asked it in weeks past. Where do you start with this? And yeah, Biad, I'm not ruling that out, that they just lose out at this stage. The Steelers had a gift in front of them, okay? Mm -hmm. Seven and four with a pair of two-win teams walking into their building. And both times they showed up unprepared, outclassed, outmatched, period. All of it. All of it. Ezekiel Elliott, the ghost of Ezekiel Elliott, 28 years old, belly and all, mm -hmm. 140 all-purpose yards. The Patriots dressed four wide receivers, and one of them was Matthew Slater, who hasn't caught a pass in the NFL since 2016. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase that. Correct me. Targeted for a pass since 2016. They dressed four wide receivers. One was Matthew Slater. One was the ghost of Juju Smith-Schuster. And guess what? For the second week in a row, 
a former Steeler had his best game in that team's uniform, arguably, on that field at Acrisure Stadium. Yep. And Ezekiel Elliott looked like prime Ezekiel Elliott, 140 all-purpose yards. They did not have Ramondre Stevenson. They did not have two of their leading receivers. They let tight ends carve him up again. Slap, Slap Murphy says it right there. Yeah, I'll coach because Bill Belichick owns Mike Tomlin. This is nothing. Well, new. It, it, it's not even just the head coach you know, right there. And, and this is where, by the way, I, we, we've been talking about the offensive staff a lot. I'm done with Terrell Austin, by the way. I, I, he's he's. We need to have a conversation about Terrell Austin. Yeah, Terrell point. Austin is. If they. I don't know this for sure. So this is not something where I'm trying to like pull some sort of ins- insider information out of here. I'm I'm not. This is just completely conjecture. But if they somehow had any kind of thought process between keeping Terrell Austin or Brian Flores, they chose wrong. Um, Ooh, I would yeah, you know, because start asking questions about because that. look at what this defense did last year. Whenever it was Terrell Austin and then Brian Flores as as a special assistant. I mean, it was a it was a pretty good defense. It wasn't a great defense, but hey, they were tied for the league lead in interceptions. Uh, they did everything that they could without their best player for seven, you know, for uh, more than seven games, and even for a lot of the other games he played, was a shell of himself because he wasn't wasn't hundred percent healthy. Um, yeah, I just there there is a there's a lot of change that has to happen this offseason. and that yeah. is one that's that is one area where why I'm not like pounding my fist on the table saying Mike Tomlin should be fired yesterday. I'm just saying, I really want to see if what kind of change happens. And if, if, if it's another situation where Mike Tomlin promotes from within to hire an offensive coordinator, I'm done. I'm done. Or defensive coordinator. At this stage. I mean, yeah. I, the I, systems I, need change, period. The systems yes. need cleaned out. Clean it out. I'm not saying fire everybody. I'm not putting everybody on the line. Like you said, I like Eddie Faulkner as a running backs coach. I like Pat Meyer as a coach, although I think he needs better players. I like Grady Brown as a secondary coach. I, I do like, like Grady. Curry. I do like Grady. I like, I like the coaches on, on the defensive side. I like Aaron more. Curry, and I like Carl Dunbar. I like those position yeah. coaches mm-hmm. a lot. But they need to figure it out from the top. They need to figure out the offensive coordinator, obviously. And now I love the guy, Sharon PA's finest alongside me. You have to have a conversation about Terrell Austin as well, because I look and I, and I I will give him the benefit of the doubt with the inside linebacker situation and losing makeup for a little bit. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but you have to evaluate him now on on that spectrum. You have to do it in fairness yeah, because it's been just as bad. So Demon says here, I don't think Austin is a bad uh, defensive coordinator. The offense has kept our defense on the field way too long. They're demoralized. That has been a, a, an issue. I'm not. I'm not skirting around that at all. But in a game such as last night, that is completely, mainly on. Well, almost like completely, but mainly on the defensive coordinator because they were out game planned. Right? The Patriots when 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 a, when a team is able to put up 21 points in the first quarter and a half of a game, regardless of the, of whether that second touchdown was on a short field, that is game planning. Yeah. Ladies Mark, and gentlemen, Mark, I like, get what you're saying. Mark says the inside linebacker that obliterated new England took advantage. Highsmith got hurt. I, I, I get that to a level, are, 
but they still were handicapped 21 points. Mm-hmm. The offense was. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, and that as soon as you fall down 21-3, your game plan, your offensive game plan, whether it was good or bad, whatever, is out the window. You, yeah. you it's, it's it's completely gone. You're completely now calling things on the fly based off of what you've seen, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, the game plan is gone at that point. So, um, yeah, when it when it comes to and, and listen, the defense is not nearly as much to blame um for 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 where the Steelers are right now but no, the defense not, has won games for them this year yes they have but the defense also isn't completely blameless here either like i said when I the patriots put up 21 points in a quarter and a half from the get go when you let bailey zappy <laughs> makes me happy baby when you let bailey wow. zappy just march down the field on the opening series I don't care about injuries. I don't care about it. Your main players are out there. Yes. Inside, inside linebackers were a problem last year. Not, it's not like, you know, that, 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 that they weren't a problem last year. I mean, you had Robert Spillane and pass coverage. Good Lord. Everybody remember that? Everybody yeah. remember Devin Bush just being on the field? Like, like it was bad. Yeah. They still had. As they we still talked had about Hayward, they still had yeah. TJ Watt, they still had Minka, they still had Joey Porter Jr., they still had all their other playmakers. Yeah. Still let Bailey Zappi go down and score. Without this is any game kind of pushback. It's game planning. Yes. This is what Bel- this is what Bill Belichick does. I'm gonna make it sound simpler than it is. Take away the two best players on the offensive side of the ball, take away the two best players on the defensive side of the ball, and let everybody else beat you. Look at what the Patriots did defensively. They took away both the running backs and George Pickens. Done. Cooked. Period. Deontay got the touchdown to live with that. Mitch Trubisky has to throw it down the field to live with that. That was that. a heck of a catch, by the way. That, oh, it absolutely that, that, was. That, that, catch is, that, that catch is uh, – uh he makes it look easy. That's not an easy catch. No, no. He had to adjust for it. That was a great <laughs> ball. That was um, – And then on the defensive side, right, for the Steelers, again, take their two best players away. Make a Fitzpatrick. Anytime Zeke Elliott touched the ball – Juju was on uh, Minka, blocking him. Mm-hmm. Then you take away TJ Watt. And from there, let everybody else try to beat him. The, 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 the symbol, all-encompassing symbol of this game for me was the Michael Walker interception, right? Consider the situation. Consider the field position. The symbolism of every little bit of it. Alanda Roberts tips it. The veteran linebacker who's done really well was probably the only bright spot, by the way, yesterday. Uh, tips it, makes a good play. Michael Walker, the practice squad guy, hauls it mm. in. And I have never seen anybody, I don't think, run slower in my life <laughs> than not just Michael Walker, but watch the replay. And who makes the tackle? The ghost of Ezekiel Elliott. The ghost of Ezekiel Elliott catches up to Mike Walker mm. and tackles him at what the 16 yard line, and then yeah, they fail 16. to score. Yeah, and then they fail to score. Yeah, that that that's, that that's the symbol of the game to me. And, yeah, uh, and maybe even of the season. To be honest with you. Yeah, it's um, yeah that that one in terms of like actual game stuff. I I don't agree with the decision to go for it on fourth down there. You you no. have to you have to at least get points as much as as much ridicule as you would get for only getting a field goal after the defense gives you the ball at the 16 yard line. 
you still have brown intercept God. yeah <laughs> that's good Sorry, you Rick. still you still have to get you still have to come away with with points there you have to um and 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 there are people who are who are clamoring saying well if they kick the field goal there then they get to block punt like listen i don't know it's not guaranteed that you get a blocked punt on the next series because if it's a one score game i highly doubt mike tomlin tells danny smith call call a block yeah, um, that's that's just not a that's that doesn't fall in line with the Mike Tomlin way of coaching down two scores and times, you know, fourth quarter is going to be starting pretty soon or if it was already fourth quarter. I can't remember, but you're kind of, you know, games, you know, clo- end, end of the game is getting a, lo- a lot closer. Now you're down two scores. All right. Call block. I don't know if they call block if it's 21, 13 instead of 21, 10. So I, I don't know what happens, but either way, that play. If you get a stop, you get the ball back, and you go down, and you do happen to score, it's 21-21 instead of 21-18. But I don't like the decision to... You, you know what's crazy, Rick? Rick says, how are you not laughing and crying at the Connor Hayward pass? Oh, you, know what's cra- you know what's crazy? Terrible. It was terrible. But in moment, I was like, hmm. Oh, no. No way. If mm-hmm. Jabril Peppers doesn't jump the route, it's a touchdown. No, he underthrew him. Oh, he under he, un- he under he underthrew him. Oh, well, I, I know he. I, and never mind. Back no, home. he he underthrew him. It's it's like dude. You, it's one In of those moment I was like, just, hmm. no, I don't like it. I hated it. I hated it. as soon as I saw the handoff to. I didn't even know what was happening. As soon as I saw the hand the handoff to to Connor, I was like, what 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 are you doing? What are you doing? Like the the goal line is a yard away. Yeah. I punch on. it in. You're you going to run the damn tries. football. If you, if you can't do it in four tries, running quarterback sneaks or halfback dives, whatever it is, then you don't deserve to score. But that's what you should be doing for four plays in a row. Unless you get pushed back or take a penalty or whatever. But if you're on the one yard line forward four times, they're built row. to run the damn football. And if I had a nickel for every time they went in a shotgun with a short yardage situation with Najee freaking Harris in the backfield, Ooh, I'd be a rich man right now because that's yeah. what they decided to do on those situations. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, CJ Jr. says, remember, this is still Canada's playbook. Yes. And the people who are who have taken over that playbook are actually somehow doing a worse job with it. Somehow, um, because the offense is looks even worse than it did under Matt Canada. Um if you want to bark so, your lunch up, go look up George Pickens' route tree when he was targeted. Yeah, that's it's just—I mean, like what you do. And if it, it's not—if it's not just the fact of lack of production, you also throw in all of the procedural penalties. You throw in all the other stuff where it's like obvious lack of lack of detail. And that was supposed to be one of the things that was praised about Eddie Faulkner is his attention to detail, constant like coaching of, you know, protecting the football and everything like that. So you would hope that would carry over into, you know, the game planning aspect of, of being interim OC. It ain't, it ain't happening. Like, it's just not happening. So burped, belch, because that's like lunch coming back up after yeah. thinking about George Pickens route tree and Connor Hayward throwing a pass and going pistol formation and a toss sweep five times. Holly, hallelujah, holy bleep. I don't have Tylenol, but I have. It's the, uh... just, yeah, and this offense continues to be insanely predictable. They run on first and 10 every time. They run on second and long every time. Um, the, the run on second and 17 <laughs> just, just 
baffles me. I mean, it just baffles me. Um, yeah, it, it just that that one that one guy. I don't care that they got seven yards and made it third and ten. I I don't care. Uh, it's a it's a terrible play call. Again, you're trying to. There's there's it seems like there's no attention to analytics or percent or playing the percentages at all. If there was a go route on fourth and two is not what you call. Um, if you do that, running the football on second and 17 is not what you call. Um, there's just there are. And that's again, that's why there has to be at minimum an overhaul of what the Steelers are on offense. Um, if that means. It's a good quarterback class coming up. If that means, and I'm not completely ruling this out, take a quarter. If, if, if one of those quarterbacks falls to you, or if you have an opportunity to trade up and get one, push Kenny Pickett a little bit. At least consider it. Give yourself options. Consider it. Give yourself options. I Ever, mean, what well, well, you. You have at least two. You have almost two full seasons now, almost two full seasons as, uh, of Kenny Pickett, and you. Ha- I have not seen enough to be like for sure. Oh yeah, he's definitely the guy going forward. I have still enough intrigue and and wiggle room to be like he still could be the guy, but I don't know for sure. And if you don't know for sure, give yourself more options. Listen, if, my final point because we ran really long today, and I appreciate you all being here, uh, yeah, joining us here a few minutes <laughs> live on the South Side beat. Everything needs to be on the table this offseason, period. Everything. Yeah. All the cards need to be laid out. There's no one, no one should be safe. And I'm not saying fire everybody. I'm not going to do that. What I'm saying is everything, every person, everybody, coach, personnel, player, the water boys, everybody needs to be looked at <laughs> in some capacity in this offseason and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Everything should be on the table. First round quarterback, new head coach, new coordinators, plural. Everything has to be on the table. We have a month to get there, though. Mm-hmm. In one month's time, technically, we could be still talking about postseason. Mathematically, I should say. Yeah. Um, we are what, a long way no. from there. Yeah. Last last thought for me. Uh, and this is where uh, Mr. CJ Jr. coming in again. He says, got to draft the defensive lineman or center before a quarterback. Um, this is where I'm kind of wanting the Steelers to go back to what they used to do. Draft the best player available. I don't care what position he plays. I don't think that there's a player on this roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that you can look at and be like, we're, we're set there. We can, we cannot possibly get any better there. Can you get better than Najee Harris? Yes, you can. Can you get better than Jalen Warren? As for as good as Jalen Warren has been, yes, you can. Can you get better than any well, of the five guys? Nine carries too, by the way. That's true. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm carries. just. I'm just saying. And and I, know, I, I do know. not. I don't advocate taking taking a running back in the first round, especially when you have Najee and Jalen. Good point. B. I, I uh, do, Roderick Jones is safe. I think. Yes, but uh, again, like. Even then, even yeah, then, I'm just I, well, I'm just saying, Kenny Pickett is not above being replaced right now. Deontay Johnson is not above being replaced right now. George Pickens is not above about being uh, above being replaced right now. No. Nobody on that offense. If the best player available, at whatever you're picking, happens to be a potential future franchise quarterback that Take fell him. that fell because 
he's got small hands or he didn't impress in this interview or he drives a Chevy instead of a Ford, whatever the reason. That's a dumb reason to not take it. I get what you mean, though. Yeah, I'm using hyperbole <laughs> and exaggeration. I'm just saying whatever the reason, if, it, if, you, if you feel like that's a potential franchise quarterback, you take the guy. If it's the best player available on your board, take him. I don't care what position he plays. The Steelers don't do that anymore. They have now started drafting more for need than they had the, taking the best player available, i.e. Devin Bush. <laughs> Stop doing it. Enough said. That's All right. my final thought. Even All though right. it's way looking ahead into the draft and everything like that, that's my final thought. That way, I want to see the Steelers get back to the Steelers' way. But either way, change has to happen this offseason. In a big way. In a lot I, gave, of I gave my final thought. Yeah. Everything's on the table. Has to be. Yep. That includes front office. That includes Mike Tomlin. That includes players. That includes the water boy. That includes the person that prepares the snacks. You know, the orange slices for after practice, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, the, uh, the Gatorade cooler. Everybody. Everybody oh, needs to be looked uh, at. Dan Moore and Chooks are cut, op are cut options for me, by the way. There you Phillips, go. Phillips comment there. Sorry. And Allen Robinson is the easiest $10 million you can save. Whew. Good yeah. Lord. That's 10 million in back in your pocket. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. We'll take the weekend. We'll find a way to wash it away. The Steelers will do that. It's technically a short week by that spectrum. It's a, it's a mini buy combined with a short week. It's weird. It's one day. Yeah. Oh, that's, my alarm, that's Chris's my alarm, alarm is going off. That's Chris's alarm. So let's get out of here. It's a short week next week. Tomlin Monday. Mike Tomlin Monday. Everything's pushed up a day. So Mike Tomlin Monday. We'll reconvene after that here on the Southside Beat. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for chiming in. Reminder, live at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday here on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube. And then later in podcast form, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. DK and Ramon. Oh, this will be a good one. 15 minutes. <laughs> DK and Ramon. The bell will be ringing. Stay locked into that. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. This has been the Southside Beat. Have a good weekend, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>